You had a plenty money, 1922. You let other women make a fool of you. Why don't you do right? Like some other men do. Get out of here and get me some money. Welcome to Question Block. Hi. This is a Secret Lofts live historical educational comedy podcast. And this week we're talking about the Roaring Twenties. You know, the Twenties after the Great Pandemic ended. Oh yeah. But a hundred years ago. Yeah. So we're going to see today. There's a lot of parallels between the 2020s and the 1920s. Um, yeah, I'm Dr. Wires, or, or no, I'm Wires of NYC. I go by many names. Uh, but one of the co-owners of Secret Loft, and with me, my co-host is... Aerialist. And you are a, a, a podcast connoisseur and historian. Yeah. And Aerialist. I'm the smartest. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, let's kick it off. Let's talk about why... Why are the 1920s called the Roaring Twenties? Why are they so famous? Why do we still have theme parties about them today? (laughs) Well, the first thing you have to understand is uh, that you're doing it all wrong. If you're having, you know, (laughs) that's Um, what, there's so many angry, I love that there's so many angry, like, Zoomers on, uh, on YouTube that are like, you're bad and wrong, and you aren't doing your Great Gatsby party correctly. That's like the main. To be fair, that is know. every historical or, or tutorial YouTube channel for the most part. So it's not it's just, just an angry zoomer that yeah. doesn't know. That is really defensive about a, a time period. Uh, that they like, yeah, no that they couldn't be farther of. from. <laughs> um, um, so we're gonna do the same. This Just is a kidding. this is a fun counterpoint too to like last week's uh, ancient Egypt episode, where like the incredible length of the history of ancient Egypt just stretched for like millennia, uh, whereas and like was like not well documented or anything. Whereas the nineteen twenties is like sort of mass it's media short. is present. It's very short. A time period uh, has a super large cultural impact and. Probably because of the context being between the two world wars is remembered very fondly. Um, and also uh, Egypt, it was very, like a lot of the fashion makeup is very inspired by Egypt. Oh yeah, and the irony too, in the 1920s mm-hmm. Egypt mania was a thing. Yeah. So yeah, to set the context of 100 years ago, so it's 100 years ago, and we'll say you're in New York City, and uh, the Great War has ended. That was in the 1910s. Um, And so around the early 1900s, like globalization kind of took off. They had like the telegraph, uh, electric lighting became a thing. Um, People were very excited about technology. And a lot of stuff we take for granted today was being invented and popularized. And then World War I happened and the technology got used to kill a bunch of people and it really sucked. Um, Wait, washing machines got used to kill people? (laughs) No, but the... The same technology that goes into a washing machine will power like uh, an automatic, like assault rifle. So we gotta, go. go. I gotta do some yeah, experimenting like, oh, when we get home. <laughs> not, not quite, but like, right. A lot of like the chemical, like warfare was based on like chemical research that got used for like good stuff and for medicine. Also got used to like 
you know, make like mustard gas. Okay. Uh, in World War One, uh, for example. So not too many people talk fondly about like the 1910s because everybody was at war. Uh, maybe maybe like war historians do. Also, there was a flu. And then starting like towards the end of World War One, the uh, the yeah influenza pandemic. Uh, which got known as the Spanish flu, not because of any fault of the Spaniards, uh, but Spain. Well, I mean, it was their fault, but they no, didn't... it wasn't. I mean, they they reported on it, so if they had if they kept their damn mouth oh, shut, they, yes, it was their fault. They got they got the rap, I guess. Not their fault that there was like a pandemic. But, yeah, but yes, of course. there was a major yeah. pandemic, um, in part related to the globalization we talked about. But but then the the Spanish were the only country. All the countries still engaged in World War One didn't want to report that, like, they had, like, you know, hundreds of thousands of, like, sick or dying people Because they thought pandemic. it would make them seem weak and make their penises seem small. Or, like, the enemy might attack if you're, like, if it comes out that, like, all your men are, like, dying of influenza, they'll be like, oh, we should probably, like, go try to, like, invade tonight. I don't know. Right? <laughs> Let's invade tonight. Let's tonight. <laughs> Everyone's sick. coughing. Everybody's sick. Yeah. Um... So Spain was the only country that reported like because they were neutral. Their numbers, yeah, they were neutral, and they were like, "Well, like you guys, everyone here is yeah. dying," and people were like, "It's their fault." Yeah, the Americans and Germans were like, "Well, we don't know anything about this." So yeah, so it was. But fault. we talked about this in, in our first podcast uh, ever on medicine, and like I was gagged at how many people died from the Spanish flu. Like y'all, like Corona was bad. <laughs> the Spanish flu like wiped out such a huge chunk more of the population yeah if if coronavirus is like i don't know what the global numbers are now but it, it amounts to like tenths of a percent of people that died whereas like uh like the influenza pandemic of was in like 1919 was like a couple percent of people died yeah of the population in the in like, young young sexy people too yeah. Not just not just the week. It Actually, wasn't not a statistic the statistic you could hide in the nursing homes. This was all over the place. Yeah, exactly. Well, you could hide it in the trenches. And so very famously, this came up a lot during while coronavirus was spreading is people were like, oh, like uh, when the like victory was declared for World War One, a bunch of cities wanted to have victory parades. And a couple of cities, their health commissioners, commissioners got them to cancel the parades and other cities didn't. So like Chicago famously like went ahead with their parade. And, like, within two weeks, like, hundreds of thousands of people were in the hospital. Yeah. And that's why you couldn't go outside last summer. Actually, you could. You just couldn't, you go, could. to, you couldn't go to raves victory or parades. Victory Day parades. But Victory parades. All right, so that's all about why the 1910s sucked. And then, basically, everything started getting better in the early 20s. And then there was a decade of prosperity. Yes. So what got better? <laughs> Let's do it. It gets better. It gets better. Um, well, yeah, certainly not, not a lot of stuff like, you know, the Jim Crow South or okay. I can, all those right. kind of things, but. Okay, Mr. Pessimist, uh, I can tell you. Specifically, industry and farming start doing like really well and it goes very well. Because during the war, farms were subsidized and that like kept going. Also women, mm -hmm. because they had been nurses and whatnot in the war, that was like. I guess, like, their men learned how to sew and shit like that. And so, like, they still were kind of in the workforce. And there were washing machines and, like, toaster ovens. Um, 
so they uh, didn't take them as long to make their husbands breakfast or wash their husbands' clothes. Home chores got got easier. Also, like there were uh, Mar- Margaret Sanger was like she was like sewing condoms and stuff like that for people. Okay. <laughs> so. That was something that was cool because now women could, like, delay having children, stay hot for longer. Just kidding. All you hot moms So wide, there. widespread birth control. Widespread yeah. birth control. Yeah. Also, the Great Migration because, like, during the war, a lot of slaves, they, like, yeah, they got to, like, not be slaves anymore. Yeah, because the the industrial capacity that was needed in the north, where all the like a lot of the factories were, uh, a bunch of they weren't slaves at that point. It's the but they, 1920s. But, they were sharecroppers. Yeah, which, which we all know slavery and was very I'm similar. Like, we're yeah. just calling we're we're calling a slave a, a slave because that's uh-huh. what they. I mean, yeah. they're like you you can leave, but but you but we'll kill you. Like yeah, it was bad. Well, yes, a lot of African Americans have been kept deliberately kept in poverty by their former plantation owners and forced to just buy food from the company store. And there's like a bunch of insane stuff in the history of like the South in the 1900s based on this, how dysfunctional it was. But a lot of them left to go work because their workers needed in factories during the war. And also during, yeah, exactly. During the war, the people that were enslaving them had to go fight or were in the factory. Let's hope that they all died. And so the former enslaved people got to come to New York and live in Harlem. And also jazz was coming around um, because people weren't into blues anymore because they were, like, too sad. But they still liked the music, like, the instruments and stuff. So they were like, what if we, what if we, like, made this really unpredictable and, like, a little bit happier? And there were all these new dances, like, the... I'm just like I'm, I'm laughing because I'm imagining like they're like there's a new dance, <laughs> um, the Charleston, yeah, uh, the the shimmy I think was one. Of you them. remember from our Wizard of Oz episode, right? Oh, which yeah. which came out during the 20s, the movie um, that there originally was a dance there. scene in it. There was like a dance competition where they do the jitterbug. Oh yeah, the jitterbug, the Lindy Hop I think was yeah. one of them. Yeah. So, yeah, in part, I mean, a lot of this, you could say this, like, a lot of cool culture happens because formerly marginalized people, like women's and African American women and African Americans, uh, suddenly get economic power post World yes. World Oh, War. and people get like everybody does too, because I think the what was it? There was like uh, the great the pound like went down and the dollar went up, and the inflation was like the best it's ever been. I don't know what would be good for that. It was like zero. I don't know. Is that good? Man, I don't know what inflation was in the 1920s. Is it good if it was zero? Um, Right? It's not necessarily good or bad. Okay. It's it's the nuanced discussion. Also, credit happened. Economic indicators are pretty good and credit was easy to get Yeah. because the economy was doing well, which we'll talk about later on then like resulted in the crash of, of yeah. 1929 also cars <laughs> people driving cars around that really like it really changed everything because teenagers could like yeah they didn't need like their horse 
person to like bring them places. Like they could just have their independence and they, and oh, and education too. So like public education. So like children weren't just hanging out with adults. They were like hanging out with their own peers. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So basically this led to like a very cool culture. Uh, there's also the prohibition that, that happened exactly in 1919. Mm-hmm. So this is the, I suppose you'd call this like the downside or whatever, or like well, the prohibition was not roaring, but it led to roaring. Actually, so yeah, I have like a crazy, I have a bunch of like crazy, like stories of the pro. I have a bunch of crazy prohibition tales and so, pulling up my. So notes. prohibition, the the temperance movement, to like set the scene. Wait, okay, I don't know what temperance means. I kept it, hearing it. It's prohibition. That's like the term. It's called the temperance movement instead of the prohibition movement. But temperance was, it has, re- what does temperance it has mean, religious though? connotations too. I only know it as like a name. It's being like a tight ass. It's being like, okay. it's just that. It's the tight ass who, movement? Can we just like call it It's like everybody that? needs to get up at 6 a.m. to go to church on Sunday movement. So it's very, has very like Christian kind of waspy slash puritanical okay, no, roots. I know that, but I just okay. didn't know that what the word uh, meant because I'm smart, but I'm. Temperance is stuff things. related to that. Okay, because I was like, does it mean the women's movement? Does it, like, I was confused. I kept hearing it, like, the temperance movement. Yeah, okay, but it just means being a tight ass. Okay, so there's a, there's a lady named, uh, which I'm like, welcome to the stage. What a drag queen name. Her name was Carrie Nation. Mm-hmm. Like, Coronation. Come on. Come on. That's like a fake name. Yeah. That's totally fake. Do you know? Nation. Do you know what she did? She was wild. She wild was like about insane. Prohibition? What'd she do? Yeah, she had a fucking hatchet and she would like go around and just like hatchet um, saloons and people, but she was like cute, like old cute. And people were like, they were like, please don't do that anymore. <laughs> she was like, lady, okay. Hatcheting my saloon. Yeah, and then she'd go to, like, another saloon and she would hatchet that up as well. And the Christians Women Association, they were like, can you not? Because people are like, they're like, we "We don't know her. Who is she? We've never met her. Um, But, yeah, she became became somewhat of a sensation. And uh, then there was the Anti-Saloon League. And there's this dude named Wheeler, and he was also fucking insane. I feel like him and Carrie Nation, they should, like, meet and, like, have a love affair. That would be so cute. Um, but Wheeler basically... Oh, because Wheeler's, like, a Wheeler dealer. Yeah. That, that, I think yeah. that's where it came from. Yeah, I mean, well, Wheeler, he went around associating alcohol with whatever... Like, he went to all the groups that there were, like... He would be like, okay, um, uh, okay, like African American community, like stop drinking alcohol because it's 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 haltering your like progress. And then he'd go to like the KKK, which was also having a a roaring time, uh, and he was like, stop drinking alcohol. Um, it's supporting like Germans. It's supporting immigrants because they're they're the ones selling it, right? So he just he would go around, but what he 
did that was super effective in getting the Volstead actor, like the prohibition, Mm -hmm. uh, really kicked off, is that he, if any politicians were for alcohol, he would basically ruin their career. Like he would, he would sort of like lobby with the opposite, like politicians. And so if you were a politician and it got out that you were like for, if you were a pro-alcoholist, <laughs> um, then he would basically like ruin, he would just like filibuster. That I was like, what's the word? You'd filibuster until like, yeah, until you were, you lost. Um, That's not what filibustering is. What, what is filibustering? Filibustering is speaking on the floor so the vote can't be taken. It's just taking up time so that it, you can't move to a vote. Okay. If there isn't like a limit. He was like filibuster time. the the election by taking up other candidates and votes. Um. <laughs> um. I mean, there was he would also like attend all the elections and he would just like stare you down and be like, "I see you. I see what you're doing. You better not. You better not. Don't even think about it. Don't." Can we? So to be clear, this doesn't. It doesn't all just pop up in like 1919. There had been temperance movements in America throughout the 1800s. And quick aside, there is a bar called the Reigns Law Room in New York City. The Reigns Law was passed in 1896 and it was pretty much a racist law. So it was because a lot of workmen would like, it was a six day work week back then. And so like a lot of the Irish and German immigrants would work their six days and then Sunday was their one day off and they would go get drunk at like, saloons and the rains law basically said that only hotels could serve alcohol because the wealthy like mostly drank at hotels they had nice ballrooms and bars and stuff okay. um you, you couldn't get on like a party boat yet at the time uh, and the secret loft hadn't opened yet so they would go to like uh these fancy hotels but so they passed a law that only hotels could serve uh alcohol and to qualify as a hotel you needed 10 rooms and you had to have food. And so... Oh, sounds familiar. It's funny because even today, the New York State Liquor Authority enforces a rule that to have a full liquor license, your your bar has to serve food. Uh, and it goes back, yeah, over 100 years. So the Reigns Law... And it was totally just pushed by business owners because they were like, we're tired of these, like, Irish and Italian and, like, German laborers showing up hungover as fuck on Monday morning because they were out drinking. So we don't want them to drink as much or they make them stay home with their wives so they won't get as drunk. Wheeler, like he, he would sort of like promote that. Like he would be like, look at them, but they probably weren't, they probably handled their alcohol. But but it's what you're (laughs) saying. Exactly. So it became, there was an, probably it was a shit show. If you think like the Lower East Side is messy now, uh, probably 120 years ago before they had widespread, you know, sewer systems or toilets, I bet it was awful. On like, and ironically on a I Sunday mean, night too. I um, mean. <laughs> but that's also, there's still also a state liquor authority rule that you can't be within 200 feet of a church and have a full liquor okay. license. All right. Okay. Anyway, no one this cares. all dates to prohibition. Right now. Right now. Right I'm now. just saying. Okay. All right. <laughs> no one cares in the 20s about. No one cares, about, no one cares about, in the 20s. No one cares in the 20s. Anecdotes, about so. Your anecdote. About your anecdote from the 20s. <laughs> okay. Uh, okay. So, continue. Sorry. No, that was that was great. That was great. In in 1917, like in in uh, World War One, really ramped up that anti-German sentiment, and most of the uh, like main breweries were run by Germans. 
So, yeah. <laughs> so, like, that really kicked everything into gear. And then there was a vote, I think, in, yeah, in 1917, the Volstead Act was, like, kind of it came up. And then in 1919, it it goes into the Constitution. Um, and, yeah, I think on, like, New Year's going into... 1920 because it, there was a year it did it's, yeah it started everyone, on New Year's Eve everyone had a, a big party where they like they bid alcohol they had funerals for alcohol mm-hmm. which I guess what is his name was like Barley Bob or whatever he was like Uncle Sam but he was the uh, like human personification <laughs> yeah. of alcohol instead of, of America the anthropomorphic version of alcohol yeah sure so they buried him and like people and cried. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. And so the Volstead Act, it had a lot of loopholes. So actually drinking alcohol was not illegal. Mm. Um, ma- making alcohol, like brewing alcohol was, you could have alcohol. Like, so you could stockpile a bunch of it. So... A lot of bars, they just, like, they spent all of 1919, like, (laughs) stockpiling alcohol. Um, And they actually, their alcohol lasted, the prohibition was 10 years, right? Mm -hmm. The alcohol that they stockpiled lasted them the whole time. (laughs) Some of them. That's insane. Yeah. I know. I know. Right? And, like, you also, let me think. um, Beer won't keep that long. That's whiskey. Canada and Mexico. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, in the Caribbean islands, you, you know, it didn't apply over there. So pirates illegal, were back on the scene. And illegal importing. Yeah. Yep. Illegal importing. Also, you were allowed to make alcohol that was a certain percent. It was like basically kombucha. Um, yeah, like 0.5%. Yeah. So a lot of distilleries stayed open and they were like, oh, we're just making that. And then... They were actually in secret making, like, the strong alcohol. Also... But what you would then go... What you would do is you would, you would bring your own, like, hard grain alcohol to a bar or at home. And at bars, they were basically selling mixers. Right. And that's where the word cocktail got invented. Did you know that? No. Yeah, because you, you it was, like, a secret word because, like, n- the word d- didn't exist, right? So... You would be like, oh, I'd like a cocktail. And they'd give you like, they'd give you uh, like some cranberry juice. Yeah. And they'd go, what are you on your period? And then uh, you'd, yeah, you'd take out Everclear from your boot. That's also where the phrase bathtub gin came from. Well, they didn't call it bathtub gin back then. They did not. They called it synthetic alcohol. Synthetic gin. Or synthetic gin. The synthetic gins taste like ass. Yeah. (laughs) Oh. Because it wasn't gin that you at home, like people weren't distilling their own gin. Uh, Distilling was still mostly done in factories by commercial businesses. It was all super corrupt. But you would buy like the grain alcohol or whatever and then, or this like super high proof gin and then take it home and you would would mix it with like various flavorings to make it tolerable. Yes. And this is also, this is an interesting thing why a lot of, products that have alcohol in them have a lot of chemicals in them that are very poisonous 
because the government was like, the government was like, shit, people are. That's not why today. It actually or, is. Really? It, yes. Because it got into like the manufacturing like recipes or whatever, and they just like never took hmm. it out. So, yeah, I mean, a lot of a lot of products that have alcohol, you know, yeah, ethanol, ge- ethanol, or like I, I don't know if they had isopropyl, like they had rubbing alcohol. You can't you can't drink that. Ethanol is the only alcohol that okay. you as a human can consume. So a lot of products <laughs> that had ethanol, and it, yeah. they just were like, "There's ethanol in here," which like would make them dry quicker like you know like a lotion or something cleaning cleaning products but uh the government was like oh crap people might drink this so we'll as a deterrent we'll put like poison in here as well and people won't drink it and people were like we're still gonna drink it and they were dying and this is one of the things that the public was like dude (laughs) yeah the government was purposely tampering with like, yeah, yeah ethanol-containing products are mandating that you put and poison in them. People were dying, and and they were still. They were like, "We'd rather, I'd rather die drunk than live sober." Just yeah. like the song "Rain or On Me." Or people thought maybe they just slapped like a label on it, but they wouldn't. They wouldn't actually poison. They're us. like, "Let's find out." So, mm-hmm. Yeah, I told you I used to work in a chemical lab, or not a chemical. I used to work in a. In a, a lab. chemistry lab. A chemical uh, lab. As a grad student, there were <laughs> chemicals in the lab. It was not made of chemicals, but uh, we had pure ethanol that we would use as a cleaning agent for like microchips. So you would you would spray it on your microchip with ethanol and then acetone, which was even faster drying, and then blow dry it. But the ethanol, they told us they were like, "Do not drink the ethanol that's in the lab. Don't take it home. It's not a joke. It has benzene in it. It will kill you." Yes. See. Yeah. So, and and we would always be like, "Why?" That's why. Um, and they're like, oh, it's part of the extraction process to get it to 100 proof. It's not. Maybe. It didn't used to be. Um, yeah, they just never, like, took it out. <laughs> um, yeah. So the, the benzene industry would crash. <laughs> they took it out. Okay. So that was, that was like, well, an interesting thing. Well, what's cool is that then the culture, the speakeasy culture that develops led to a bunch of cool subcultures. Wait, there's one more, like, thing. There's okay. one... Oh, yeah. Oh, there, so, companies would also sell... This is... It's a funny... It's a funny thing, I promise. So, uh, companies would sell... Well, first of all, the sales of, like, grapes went through the roof. <laughs> oh, people fermenting their own. Yeah. Sales of grapes also... Um, these wineries in, like, France and different... And even in... I guess, like, in America, they would sell these sort of, like, freeze-dried wine little, like, cakes. And... That's convenient. Well, they would... And they would have a warning label that would be, like, do not take this home, put it in, like, water, leave it alone for 30 days. Take Like, it was a very... It was, like, do absolutely do not do this or it will turn into alcohol. But it was, like, kind of a complex process, you know? So there was, like, a warning label that was, like, 30 steps of, like, oh, how to the make instructions it. for how to turn it into Yeah, but it was, like, don't do this 100% or it could be really bad. Um, so, yeah, that was another loophole. I feel like there was one more that was pretty funny. Oh, uh, the religious and doctor. Yeah, you could be a doctor 
Like you could prescribe it for medical uses. Yeah, like marijuana for the last you know fifteen years, depending what state you're in, uh, you can get prescribed for medical uses. And you could also for religious purposes. Also, some ladies of like the temperance movement, they got sections in the Bible where like Jesus like turns water into <laughs> wine. They got it redone. They, they got they gave it, it a makeover. In the temperance Bible. Yeah, and there's also. Yeah, there's something about, like, putting wine, like, in your stomach. And they were like, no, it's just, like, if you if your stomach hurts, you can, like, rub it on the outside or whatever. With a wine bottle? Okay. People were like, you dumb, you dumb bra. But there's also a lot of, right, so following in the Reigns Law, like, from 1896, there's still a lot of hypocrisy. And so the wealthy just continue drinking as we, when we talk about the Great Gatsby. Us. Um, us. And, uh... Yeah, the wealthy continue drinking mostly because, like, you know, it's a law, but a law can exist. It's not a crime unless you get caught for it. Well, um, also, they were allowed to. like. But also, Congress people, like, there was a bar in Congress. Oh, yeah, in the White the House, curtain. right? It was, like, the, in White the White House. house. All, w- no, it was both in Congress. Congressmen would, like, get drunk and then go vote on the yeah. Volstead Act or whatever else. Uh, and they didn't, like, close up their bar just because they had passed it. And then the White House would serve cocktails as well. Like, they were drinking all the Which, time. that's not illegal to serve cocktails. If you already had yeah. the alcohol from before. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess, yeah. It, I, you couldn't serve it. They'd be like, go go get it yourself. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, everybody's drinking constantly still. Uh, it really was just much like you could argue marijuana prohibition was to, like, the law only applied to certain people. Yeah, so the owners of, of speakeasies, they would get... But the law they didn't would get, apply. Oh, to gangsters. To gangsters. Law, yeah. <laughs> Can I tell you one... one uh, this guy, this lawyer, this is like a crazy thing that this lawyer did. His name is Remus. It's real quick. It's It kind of has to do with tell the me, mafia. Tell me about the this lawyer. What did he do? His name was Remus. Um, so he's like a mob lawyer? Well, he realized that a lot of his clients were paying off their debt like they were in like the bootlegging business and so they were like paying off their debt like super quick and he was like i gotta get into this business so he (laughs) um he opened so there was a ton of the alcohol that was made you know pre-prohibition like there was some just like sitting in in barrels aging to perfection and he was like i have to get a hold of this so he opened up a pharmaceutical company and he bought all of, like, the liquor that was made before the prohibition that he could get his hands on. Nice. For medical purposes. Then he set up a transportation agency to transport it. Then he set up another agency of, like, sort of um, police or something. Uh, like, a vigilantes. <laughs> and they would stick up the transportation people. And sell the alcohol on the black market. So he would turn a profit on it like three times. Nice. Yeah. Um, then he also got he got into like all this trouble. Uh, he got caught. His wife cheated on him. Then he ended up murdering her. But in court, people like took pity on him because he was like, my life has been ruined by the prohibition. And he was actually proven not guilty for, like, murdering his wife and, like, extortion and, like, all this stuff. So this is just – it was a sign that, like, people weren't – you know, 
people were sort of like, yo, prohibition is bad. Wow. Yeah. And this guy was originally a lawyer. Mm -hmm. Well, maybe he was like very good at like helping represent himself too. Oh yeah, like, he did have a really crazy, like he did represent himself. He cried, he laughed. Your Honor, I'm just a simple country gentleman. This whole this whole Running court's a, out of a order. Prohibition bootlegging operation and stick-up boys and reselling it on the black market. This I'm sorry, I'm drunk. <laughs> I plead insanity and drunkenness. Maybe he got the whole court drunk. Maybe he did. Um, okay, so should we yeah, everybody was probably everybody was a lightweight during prohibition, so it'd just take you know one or two drinks. I don't know though. Like <laughs> they said that like alcoholism went down, but then like it went up really like a lot. I mean, the number of people that were alcoholics went down, but the ones that were alcoholics, like they went up. If you know what yeah. I mean. If it's up, then it's up. <laughs> yeah, it like they really. So it really yeah, went where up. people were getting all the booze from then. Um, and this is all in the context of like prohibition totally backfired because it created organized crime. What previously had wow. been, uh, I mean, the some like, could say it you, backfired. Some could say it was it fired it, back. It, it was cool. <laughs> yeah, we got Scarface out of it. Come on. Yeah. So yeah, it led to the rise of Al Pacino of organized crime and uh, <laughs> different Scorsese. Different time period, but okay. <laughs> The birth of Scorsese. Um, yeah. So, who are the most okay? So, gangsters. Okay. So, let me let's well, can, can I go back just a, a boop to explain the mafia? Yeah. Because I, as you know, my last name Yusevoli. Yusevoli. Yeah. Your Sicilian blood. It's not. I'm. I'm. I'm uh, from Naples. So, yeah. We your were like the Neo cuter Neapolitan ice cream blood. Yeah, we were the cuter, less mafia people, but still. So in 1881, Giuseppe Esposito fleed, he, he fleed. <laughs> he I wrote in my, I, these are like very shorthand. Though. He fleed Italy and he went to Louisiana. He went to Nolens. Uh, and he was killed by, there's a detective named Detective Hennessy who killed him. And people got really mad. You're saying this is the origin of organized crime in the United States? Y yeah. Or what? Of organized crime, period. It's this guy. Yeah. I, do, do, I don't believe that. Yeah. No Giuseppe Esposito. It hasn't been around for like centuries? It was disorganized. I mean, crime's been around since Not Australia. Right? No. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, it wasn't organized until... Okay. Until so, wait, so Giuseppe gets killed, though. He gets killed. All right. Okay, but then his family, and when I say family, I mean... The La Famigla. His uh, family. Okay. They came, they were pissed. They came for revenge. Mm -hmm. And they, and this is where the word mob comes from. They, they mobbed the courthouse. <laughs> yeah, and then they, like, murdered Hennessy. Like the the uh, detective. When you're surrounded by yeah Italians at, at your New Orleans courthouse. Okay. Yeah, they also mobbed the courthouse, and they were like, "You better not convict any of us." Um, so, then they were like, "That was." They all high five, and they were like, "That was pretty cool. Maybe we should like stay organized like this and get more stuff done." So the original like thing that mo that mob that the mafia the mob did. They got involved in extortion. 
and there was um, the the black. It was called the the black hand, which is the original. Uh-huh. Like, what's what's the the email from like the prince, the Nubian prince or whatever? That's like, can I? Is it Ethiopia? You know, like the email that like the scam that, that it's gets Nigeria. Nigeria. This is like the original Nigerian prince. I, okay. Because. They would just like write a note and they would be like, if you don't give us like this money and they would put a hand with like basically like a bullet, like a black, you know, like it, it would be like a, a black like hole in the hand okay. and it would be like a sign of like creepy, spooky and people would be like, I better leave the money. So that was the original thing that the mafia okay. did. So just extortion. Yeah, but I love it. Like that was like their thing, and it happened like everywhere. And people were like, "Yo, you've been getting these emails, these black hand emails." Well, because probably the people didn't pay, they would go shoot them in the hand. Apparently, <laughs> that's what. And I, no one ever thought. found out. They all paid, you know. So, uh, these are the guys who mobbed the courthouse. You don't want to mess with them. No. Yeah. So. Yeah. So it, also, a lot of gangs had. A lot of the, like these gangs, they had political tie- ties to Tammany Hall, which was the Democratic Hall that helped immigrants like gain power. They were kind of like the the UN. Well, they were a political machine. Um, yeah. So they were like Democratic Socialists, uh, but way more corrupt. I mean, Democratic Socialists pretty corrupt, if you uh, ask me. It's corrupt um, lesbian hipsters. Yeah, but it was a. It really was a. A political movement in the sheer sense of like, as everybody should realize that like politics is controlling the levers of power and that was about that. Uh, and it was like organizing people to vote, but they were like also super corrupt. So it wasn't just trying to like drive people to the polls. It was like, you know, kidnapping people to make them Oh vote yeah, they think times. that's how Edgar Allan Poe died yeah. actually. I remember like, from our Poets episode, he was kidnapped and made to vote a bunch They got of him super drunk. By a political machine. And then they like punched him in the, f- they punched they punched his arm to like write the, the, you know, to move the lever and then he died. Which is also to say that the, the people who decry the state of our politics now, which do totally fucking suck in America right now, um but man, in the like early 1900s, uh, and there was no like neutral like paper of record like arbiter like New York Times or I don't know wherever you get your news from the Guardian or whatever. There was just every newspaper was a political like newspaper. So you would read the Tammany Hall newspaper or you would read like whatever, oh yeah like, like in Spider Man. Oh, they have like don't they like the new isn't the news off they're like stop writing about spider-man well, i don't know i feel that's almost a joke it's like a parody of the new york post yeah <laughs> but but, I but mean, every like, every paper was the new york post we'll yeah. put it that way uh if the new york post is one of the last existing tabloids slash very it's like a pretty right-wing paper owned by rupert murdoch every paper was that yeah um so anyway all that is to say that Tammany Hall, the political machines were tied in with the mob, were tied in with the, you've seen the Irishman. Yeah. Um, so I'll, I think some of the names of the gang, I love it. Yeah. Oh yeah, what were the names? There was the Barrow Gang, which, yeah, the Barrow Gang, uh, which had um, Bonnie and Clyde in it. Someone earlier said that we mm. looked like Bonnie and Clyde, which I'm like, yeah, nice. so hot. Though they were more of the 30s, I think. So the Barrow Gang traveled. They yeah. hit the road. They traveled. Okay. I just wanted to mention them as okay. names. Oh, it's not that interesting. True. Okay. They were, they were more Great Depression. 
Yeah, but era. but the, but they originated in this time period. Right? So the Barrow mm-hmm. Gang, I, I love the one that um, Al Capone and Johnny Torrio, they were called the Chicago Outfit, which I'm like, mm-hmm. It'd be a cool name for a... For a suit? I'm sure there's tons well, like of like... in the news. There should, probably should have been a band around there called the Chicago Outfit in the 80s. I'm sure there's like... What is it? The... the um, What's the name of the suit place in in New York? That's like client. I don't know. There's a bunch of suits. Well, I feel like in Chicago they're all called the Chicago Men's Warehouse. Yeah, I feel like the Chicago <laughs> Men's Warehouse is is the Chicago outfit. Get your suits fitted. Um, By the way, Chicago was was like extremely corrupt. Yes. Oh, like because way more so than New York. Because of the um the topography. Because they had just like done some stuff topography to it. Topography is destiny, I suppose. Yeah. They had done some stuff to it and like <laughs> renovations? Yeah, I don't know. They okay. dug like some trenches or something. They ran some canals, but they dug some trenches. They, they, they put in plumbing. They wanted to make like one area good and then in order to do that another area was like sunken. It was like the sunken place. Yeah. And they're like, where are the sewer pipes gonna come out? That's where they think the the word like underground as it pertains to or like underworld as it pertains to crime comes from because they would literally call it the underworld because it was like literally under the rest of Chicago. Okay. Okay. Uh so there was Oh, yeah. So, damn y'all. Okay. So, in New York City, there were, there were two, like, main families. There was the, there was the family headed by Joe Masseria, and then there was a family headed by Salvatore Maranzano. Hmm. Um, So, Maranzano conspired with Lieutenant Lucky Luciano who is the lieutenant of the other guy. Okay. Ooh. Right? And so they kill him. Right? They kill the other guy. And then Salvatore decides to set up the, I love these words are like so gangster, the commission. He's like, I'm going to set up the commission, which is basically. These are cool names. I like that they appropriated these just like kind of boring, like government, pseudo government style names. It's called the commission, right? So that's, that's my mom. Yeah. So they set up the commission, which is a network of gang members from around the country. And the main these like names are so they're so Italian they're so great there was the main families that they united were the 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 Bananos the Columbos the Gambinos the Genovese and the Lucazi and these each own like a ran like a neighborhood of New York no these were all around the country so that's what that was so awesome about um, Salvatore is that he like yeah, I don't even know how he did it. Like, because how did you, like, communicate with... I don't know, he called them? Whatever, like... <laughs> uh, the 1920s, yeah, yeah. The yeah. 1920s, like, he telegraphs them. So, he set up... He calls them the phone and he takes train And trips. these are people that, that would have... Or groups that would have been, like, really against each other and, like, killing each other, but he kind of united them for the greater... The greater bad. <laughs> um, and then... 
Luciano then murders Salvatore and becomes the ruler of the commission and also the ruler of the Cosa Nostra, which is our thing. Yeah, that's a that's a cool name for. It's a thing, you know. And I do know that the the Gambinos and the Genovese. We actually saw their houses this Christmas in um, Bensonhurst. So a lot of the they've they've reinvested their money in the Christmas lights. Exactly. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, the Geno. Yeah. That, that's as you you have great stories about Bensonhurst, mm-hmm. where your grandma lives. Yeah. So I know the Genovese crime family. They they really kept Brooklyn like running. And Bensonhurst running, um, someone stole these like jewels from a church, like from the from like the Mary or something. They stole them, and I know that the Genovese like got them back for the church. Like they're very like community based. Yeah, who knows? <laughs> this could have been a Sopranos episode. Yeah, like what they had to do to get oh, them. Oh, and I get them back. Forgot to say, like the reason why a lot of these um, gangs were Italian is because a lot of Italians were leaving Mussolini. My grandfather was one of those people. He left Mussolini, Italy, and they had a family and they had work where they could make a lot of money. And mm-hmm. these crime families were, they were employing like, you know, truck driver or I don't know, train drivers and <laughs> um, all these different people to help with the bootlegging business once Prohibition kicked off. They weren't just doing their, like, extortion thing. Um, and then people want to talk about Al Capone, mm-hmm. probably, right? Scar. Oh, Lucky Luciano, Lu- Luciano, maybe, is in a Jay-Z song where he's like, Lucky Luciano. Oh, That's yeah, what they call like, it. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if it's an irony or what. It's, it's bizarre, almost, like how... Like, Ray right, Jay-Z, his whole, like, he's Rockefeller or whatever. Like, yeah. he named his whole, like, company after, like, right, an oil magnate from, like, the early 1900s. Yeah. Um, but all these, like, yeah, 90s and, like, 2000s rappers took, like, names of, like, gangsters from yeah. the 1920s. Um, it's bizarre. And they're all just, like, a right, the original guy was just a, a mean Italian guy. But yeah, it's in his, uh, it's in one of his songs. And he's like, that's what they call me, Paisano, which means friend. He's like, lucky Luciano. Yeah. Um, Okay. So (laughs) Al Capone, he, he's born in Brooklyn and he was expelled from school in sixth grade for clocking his dumb broad teacher in the face. Um, And then he decided to go to Chicago and he worked for Johnny Torrio, and then <laughs> Torrio got shot a couple of times in 1925, and he ret- he was like, all right, I'm out. Torrio's great. Yeah, Torrio's like, he's not an old man. He's in his, like, 40s or whatever, and he's like, yeah, I people have tried to kill me several times, yeah. and I barely got away, and I am rich, I am retiring. Yeah. And Al Capone's so, like, nice, I'm taking over like, the gang. He's like, I'll take it over. And I did learn why he only got caught on... He only got caught on uh, tax evasion, basically. I did, too. But, yeah. To be clear, because Al Al Capone ordered the St. Valentine's Day massacre. What was that? So that was... uh, So Al Capone had a long-standing rivalry with the other... There were two Chicago 
like main gangs. Right? There's the outfit. The outfit, which is and the. What was the other one called? The trench coat. It was like South and North Chicago. So whatever the North Side boys will say. The boys and the um, men. And I forget his uh, the name of his rival. It started with an L. Uh, Al Capone and that guy were just trying to kill each other for like throughout the twenties, um, and uh, that guy like ordered a hit on Al Capone. But and and meanwhile, like both. Mobs are like Chicago politics is the, super the, corrupt. The more the Moran gang. Yeah, the Moran gang. So uh, Al Capone, by the way, the reason he's not prosecuted is he keeps killing all these people. Is Al Capone backed the Republican mayor of New York when that guy declared his candidacy? Uh, he was kind of like again he was against prohibition and made it clear that he would try to like repeal prohibition locally within Chicago. Yeah, and so Al Capone donated a bunch of money to him like several thousand dollars which is you know millions of dollars in today's money um and got very close with that guy and then helped drive like make sure that like the italian turnout was good and everything else that guy won the the mayorship and that guy basically was not going to prosecute al capone and a lot of the cops at the time were also like working with or knew about the bootleggers so the whole chicago system is corrupt so al capone's getting away with, with murder literally so, but I feel like he was just like every time they're like, so you've killed a bunch of people. And he's like, no, nah, I, I wouldn't call yeah. it killing them. I mean, if you, come on. I mean, if we're, you know. So Al Capone's trying to go to war with this other gangster. The other gangster orders a hit on Al Capone and Al Capone's guys get tipped off about it. And police raid the other gangster's hideout and like arrest him for a bunch of like having all these guns. Oh, George. Bugs George Bugs Moran. That was the uh Yeah. That was I think the one that he was against. Yeah, I think it was Moran. So anyway, but but so Moran doesn't get caught, but the hitman gets caught. And so Al Capone in retaliation then orders is like finds the warehouse where Moran's importing a bunch of his booze and he has his guys monitor like they monitor the warehouse. There's a bunch of movies about this. It's I'm great like, scene. did they use why? How do they monitor it? Like they just parked across the street. Um, but they dressed as cops. They dressed oh, as police yeah. officers, like it was a raid. So they like broke in, and they're like, "It's the Chicago PD." Like everybody up against the wall. They took their IDs and like, or whatever. And they're like, "This is bootleg." And those guys were used to like, cops would do this kind of for show, but not seize anything. So Capone's guys do this, dressed as police officers. And they get everyone against the wall and then pull out Tommy guns and just, like, murder everybody. And this is at a time in America. America hasn't always had constant mass shootings and gun violence. This but is the, at a, time a lot of the killings striking. were, like, shh, they were secret. And this is this was, like, a very public execution. And people were, like, so it's in, gagged. Yeah, this is, this is on a Tuesday at, like, noon or yeah. whatever. They kill these guys in a warehouse, and it's not even necessarily clear these guys are mob guys so much as warehouse workers, uh, and Moran wasn't there. And so this is like, it hits the papers, it's national news, uh, a bunch of papers declare that Al Capone is public enemy number one. He never gets... <laughs> public enemy, another. Yeah, he never probably, he never gets charged for like ordering the hit. Um, and so then uh, he... Yeah, like more or less got away with it. Um, yeah. And then eventually, it took like another two years, but he eventually did get like, Moran got like gunned down. He got got. He got got. 
um, from uh, what was he? He was oh he Moran was like losing his mind because he was so paranoid at this point. Yes, I love paranoia. Um, so I mean Al Capone's a mean bastard, but uh, yeah, Moran was like people liked Al Capone though because like in public, I feel like he was like a lot like the Jimmy oh. Hoffa character. In. So after the St. Valentine's Day Massacre, Al Capone had to re- wanted to rehabilitate his image. So he like gave a bunch of money to an orphanage and like a children's hospital and like had all these public appearances and a bunch of people like forgave him. And they're like, well, it's business. And the guys he killed were also like and assholes. He all, yeah, like, he like would play stickball with like the kids, the neighborhood yeah. kids. And I guess he would do stuff like. Yeah, like, the the crime family, like, do stuff for the neighborhood. Like, fi- you know, get the Teamsters to, like, fix whatever, you it's know? It's like The Departed. That's just, just like yeah, the like, Departed The Departed or, like, yeah. if people right. saw The Irishman, I feel like the Jimmy Hoffa character where, like, yeah. he loves kids, you know, he's, like... This is pre-unions, though. The New Deal hasn't happened, so True. unions well, don't have power Like yet, that character, yeah. Sure. Like, the sentiment of him, like, he would just, like, murder you... But he would also like get your kid ice cream. Yeah. So yeah. Al Capone, like. Uh, oh, also Scarface, because someone he had a scar on his face, and um, he didn't like that name because he was self self conscious about it. Yeah, and then he did have syphilis. Uh, he finally got arrested. This we as well say, yeah, we'll we'll go into the details of this too. I know it's the Roaring Twenties, but uh, it's pretty interesting that he. Uh, Chicago was so corrupt after the St. Valentine's Day Massacre. And it was clear that, like, Capone would never be arrested by the Chicago Police Department. He had, like, helped elect the mayor. Uh, Like, basically, word reached the federal government. Uh, And who was it? I think it was Roosevelt at this time. Um, Basically, it was, like, they they directed the federal agencies. They're, They're, like... Hoover was later, I think, um, once the Depression hit. Okay. We're going to look this up so we don't mess it up in the podcast. Um, <gasps> but uh, Facts. They're hard. They, as the president at the time, was basically like, okay, Chicago's out of control. So they directed a bunch of federal agencies. They're like, what can you get Capone on? Anything. Uh, and so they, the FBI was like, oh, like he hasn't, we've been in, the, the FBI was like, we've been in tax negotiations with Capone for years because he owes us a shitload of back taxes. And so we have all his financial records. Yeah. And so Capone had like, was trying to pay off the taxes he owed. And basically the, the IRS with the help of the FBI like stepped in and they were like, uh, no, we're just going to arrest you for not paying your taxes. Yeah. Um, well, he went to jail, but he didn't serve his full sentence. But when he came back from jail, he was, like, super... He had, like, his syphilis got real bad and, like, got to, like, his brain. Yeah. Yeah. He liked to wear silk underwear. That's but, cool. But this also is where the the G-men, the FBI guys, right, uh, including Elliot, the famous Elliot Ness or whatever, were dubbed, this is all, like, true and is in the movie, The Untouchables. They were dubbed the Untouchables because they were federal agents, so they wouldn't be corrupted like all the Chicago police officers were. Mm-hmm. The G-men. Yeah. Oh, gee, it's men. <laughs> okay, so that's a that's a quick brush on the gangsters, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, but they would, um, they like they helped with the the transportation of alcohol. Um, but we should. To be yeah. clear, the 20s wasn't just a time of people 
secretly drinking alcohol in speakeasies. I think everyone knew that everyone was drinking alcohol. I don't think it was like very secret. It wasn't that big a deal, I suppose, right? It wasn't like everyday life was constantly sneaking around because there are flappers and people roller skating and cramming in phone booths. (laughs) Okay, roller skating. Yeah. Were roller skates around? Yes, they were. They were very popular. Do you know NASCAR got invented because of the prohibition? No. Mm-hmm. Because they had to drive really fast. Yes. And then people, they were like, so like as a cover, they were like, oh, we're just like racing our cars. That's why we have this like crazy car. Yeah. Oh, I thought it was like, we should do competitive bootlegging. Oh, no, there was like a cover. Yeah, but, but it almost was. They were like, people would just... They needed these really fast cars, which then was like 15 miles an hour, and they would like, you know, yeah, yeah. They would like soup them out and stuff like that. They put put a have exhibit come and put like a bubble machine in the back of the, you know, nice the car. Yeah, and drunk driving wasn't a thing then. It was just called driving. <laughs> so it's like, yeah. Oh, I was like the products while you're the Great Gatsby. I was like, wait, there's in the Great Gatsby. They have like the what? Like that dude has like a George Bush like style of like car crash in it. Like when they're making fun of like how raucous the party is. I forget which guy it is. He literally like takes the car out, crashes it, and then like oh, like George Bush on the Segway. No, George Bush had a DWI in like the fucking. In like the seventies, when it was like impossible to get a de- like, you literally oh, w. had to do. De- okay. Yeah. W yeah, yeah, yeah. Hmm. Um, yeah, there was like some famous video of I forget if it was senior, it's probably junior on a Segway who was just like face planted. No, that's senior. That's senior. No, or that, or that. I mean, but yeah, Great Gatsby, right? Because literature is like popping off too. Langston uses like being awesome with like his poetry. Um, so we should talk about quick side on the Harlem Renaissance, which also happened in the 20s. Yes, you talked about the Great Migration. Um, and then the Harlem was supposed to be like a white people neighborhood, but they it, it wasn't because no one wanted to go like live that far away. Um, so all these African-Americans who were like coming to New York and all these big cities, they were... They were like, we'll live there. Like, and because like the landlords were like, yeah, it's not going to be very expensive. A lot of them also did. Yes, they came north because sharecropping sucked. Um, but also. We talked about how they, their a, people. A lot were. of them were, were also brought north as strike breakers. Oh, true, true, true. Yeah. So lots of people, you know, all the the soldiers come back from World War One, uh, and in part because they just fought for their country are like, not as docile working in a factory or whatever. They like union organizing starts, like anarchists and communists and stuff were like those ideas were like alive and well, you know, in the Charlie 20s. Chaplin, OG yeah. communist. So uh yeah, strikes start happening and like not like widespread, but like it was a thing. And so like one way you could break <laughs> a strike was import a bunch of laborers from the south. People were like, dude, we keep catching fire, everything's catching fire. Like, can we not? Can you give us like a band-aid if we catch fire and they're like, you're fired? <laughs> yeah. So this is still before uh, social security passes or the New Deal or any of the other yeah. reforms that come around in the 30s. But uh, at the time, laborers were organizing. But yeah, then 
the but right. so yeah the outcome of that is that you have suddenly this big like african-american neighborhood in like north yeah. manhattan also there were like um ma rainey she was in she was in traveling like vaudeville and minstrel shows but then she heard a she heard a jazz singer and she was like this i like this is my jam i like it i like it a lot and so that's she started traveling and like um she started she became a very like famous jazz musician and because because before there were like racist saloons right but now there's like speakeasies where everyone's just sort of like in their own everybody's like um an outcast of society so everybody's friends and so a lot of these like african-american singers and like artists they were they're like yeah we'll come like we'll you know yeah and we'll like pay pay you and you know we want to see you perform we want to hear you like sing and particularly the harlem renaissance had a couple like wealthy patrons um, oh yeah. Some of whom were white. Problematic. Some there were some Karen Karen esque pa- patrons. Um, they, they were like, "We're gonna give you lots of money, but you have to do exactly what we say, exactly how we say." Who was? You have the name. Oh no, because we don't give a fuck about their okay. names. Okay. Don't say. Th- th- yeah, uh, they're the worst. We're not gonna talk. We're not gonna say acknowledge the the stupid white people who sucked. Um, but like. Ma Rainey, yeah. Bessie, it was it was the patron Madame, of Bessie Smith. We should talk about Madam C.J. Walker. Who's the hair lady. Madam C.J. Walker, the first, the like, first... black American millionaire. Yeah. Um, so, yes, she developed hair products. Which are still, like, amazing. And they also have the first, like, school, beauty school that's, like, all, it's, like, black woman owned, like, female owned. And, like, all your teachers will be... Yeah, will be like people of color, and they teach you how to how to do like black hair, which is in the the movie yeah. Good Hair, and so which is actually a really good movie. So she was very got very wealthy, moved back to New York. I think got like very wealthy out in Denver is where her company started, but then I thought- moved to New York, had a mansion in Harlem, and her daughter uh, Elilia, uh was like a patron of a lot of the like Harlem Renaissance artists. Yeah, she had a lot, of, a lot of orgies in her in her house too. And yes, there may have been some kinky times as well. Yeah. But uh, yeah, this so this is like the a lot of the the Harlem Renaissance artists at this time met each other and were going to these parties. Um, so that includes Langston Hughes, the busboy yeah. poet. Yeah, who would just, who would leave poems for like good like um, established poets. And on their plate, and then they were like, "Yo, He's working as a busboy in France." And then they were like, "Don't do that anymore. We're gonna, we're gonna like, you're gonna blow up." Yeah, branding. That's a, that's a key yeah. Word. And then, uh, yeah, uh, Zora Neale Hurston, who was originally from the South, but uh, moved north, and then like was a a key because she was a six foot tall woman. Uh, and super funny, apparently, like key figure in the Harlem Renaissance. Yeah, she's like Grace Jones one. <laughs> Grace Jones one. Yeah, not a fashion model though. She also was like an anthropologist and wrote a bunch of scholarly. Oh yeah, she as would. Well, is writing she, fiction. She, 
That's right. It was her patron that was like a dumb bitch. Um, yes. Yeah. Her, her patron tried to keep her from writing fiction and told her to only publish anthropological yeah, stuff. Yeah, and her anthropological stuff was like against um, phrenology because there was this like phrenology thing that was like... Phrenology. Phrenology? Yeah. Phrenology? Okay. Oh, yeah. The brain. Yeah. So she would go and measure people's heads um, on the street to like disprove phrenology. Yeah. Yeah, which is awesome. And then she'd maybe she'd tell their fortune a little bit too. She'd be like... <laughs> And I think she was also the only the only black woman to get a master's degree from Columbia. Maybe the first? I forget if she was the first or the, certainly the only what one. What do you mean the year. only? Sorry, in her year. Okay. I was like, what? Okay. I'm like, excuse me. I was like, I have a question. I don't know if she was the first or just the only in her year. It's this this factoid I read. But uh yeah, so the speakeasies are going on. It's crazy. Gatsby oh, parties out on wait, Long so can Island. I just say that Ma Rainey, this is like so dope as a performer. Yeah. I'm like, then, yes, queen. <laughs> she had a she had a prop Victrola that she would like come out of because she loved like a good entrance. Like it's all about the workroom entrance. Like it's all about let's get sickening. So she would come out of this giant like Victrola. Like they'd be like, we have to put her instrument like on the stage. And like she would be like, surprise, it's me. <laughs> and she would like come out. Yeah. And she also had a necklace. It didn't come out of a giant Victrola. It was fake. It was like a fake. It was like a giant. Okay, you know, like the giant champagne glasses for like the. This burlesque? is like a giant phonograph. Yes. With a horn, and she like would climb out of. The she would like the birthday phonograph. cakes that are like it's happy birthday. She's okay. like, how it's me. That's wild. That's how she would like open her shows. And also she had this necklace that was made of, she got a bunch of um, $20 gold coins and she made this necklace out of it. And so, yeah, she got known as like, I think like the, like the gold, the gold queen, the gold coin queen or something like that. So she, yeah, she had a lot of swag and she met, she met Bessie Smith actually in like in 1913 and they, People think that she like they both they both were like openly queer and people think she was like courting her a little bit and they kind of went their own ways because her voice was more she would wail a lot she was a whale she was a whaler and Bessie Smith was more of a a crooner okay um so they yeah they had different like visions was Ma Rainey the she was she bought her own rail car. Yes. With her money. She yeah. bought a 72-foot-long rail car so that she could travel around yeah. the country. Oh, she also had gold teeth, too. She bought, oh. like, her... Which is, like, crazy, like... You think fronts yeah. are cool. Yeah. yeah. She had oh, just, like, all, it. like, just 100%. Fronts yeah. and backs and tops and bottoms. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So... Yeah, the equivalent of a private plane at the time, basically. If you had your own private rail car. Um, yeah, so that was... Harlem, Harlem Red Sox. Yeah. And then meanwhile, out on Long Island or wherever else, there's like millionaire throwing parties East also. East Egg and West Egg. Yeah. Which is, what are those stand-ins for? Uh, Northampton and Southampton? I don't know. I think I don't, so. That sounds yeah. about right. Yeah. Um, yeah. So you want to talk about The Great Gatsby a little bit? Yeah. It's the most misunderstood, greatest American novel of its time. Sure. <laughs> um, do you know why it got to be the greatest American novel of our time? No, I don't. Because it's not very long. 
<laughs> that's it. I'm dead serious. Because you're like Moby Dick is is no fifty like percent well. Okay, I'm gonna gag you right now. Are you ready? Are <laughs> yeah. you ready to get gagged? Gag is about two hundred pages, two fifty. Yes. So it was a very slim boy, and they gave a copy to everyone in World War II because it could fit in the soldier's pocket, and that is actually why it. Really? Blew up. I that if it weren't for like how thin and small it was, it wouldn't have blown up. People did not like it. In fact, like Fitzgerald, he went to go like he's like, oh, can I like he, I don't know. He took his friend to like a Barnes and Noble, and he's like, let's go look at my novel. And like they like they were like, sorry, we like don't like carry it anymore. <laughs> so that answers. Remember, like one of um, because they could have like Hemingway had short novels, but they're not going to include me. They're sad though. They don't make America look very. They're good. anti-war. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty anti. They're anti-war, that's pro alcoholism. So um, they weren't gonna fly in the twenties. Yeah. So they gave a copy that was like in your pack. Like you'd have like some dry ass crackers. That's so funny. Whatever, and then you'd have the great Gatsby. And you're like, what the fuck is this sad rich boy? But the, I feel like everyone. This, like, flapper. I feel like right. everyone was like was like jerking off to Daisy and the tr- they were like, yo, did you read that that like two pages about that broad Daisy? And they're like, I'm not up there yet. You gotta get his, come on. Yeah, and her abusive husband. Is really yeah, cool. how hot. Tom, he's such an asshole. Yeah. yeah. Tom, God, Tom, you're but, the worst. But we were gonna say the parties, the extravagant parties and that the flappers are like being driven in and you know, Okay, so do you know what you keep saying flapper up, up and like, I don't think you, do you want to know what a flapper is? I thought it was like, a 20s party girl. I mean, uh, they get like the, they're like, oh, the flappers. But like the flapper comes, it's a British word. And it comes from like, it comes from like a very naive, like young, young ass girl. Because mm-hmm. it's like a bird, like awkwardly flapping its wings. Yeah. Yeah. That's how they danced. That's no, it's just because they're like really awkward, and because, like, I guess, like, the Brits were like, ew, because they weren't sophisticated, they didn't want the corsets. They actually, like, I thought they were the equivalent of like influencers of their time, and that they were like the scene kids or scene kids of their time, is what, yeah, okay, I guess they were like when everyone got called a hipster. In the 2010s. Right. Yeah. Because there was there was a flapper who was like an old. And she's like, actually, I'm not a flapper. I'm like. <laughs> just, yeah. The like, first she's, sign of it. Yeah. She's like, I think flappers are gross and bad. And like, it's meanwhile. The sign of a hipster. Exactly. Yeah. Is that they is that they yeah. talk about it and that they don't want to be one. And that they aren't one. Yeah. While wearing all the same clothing. And yeah. So they did. They cut well. their hair off because like it was less work. In the, in the bob, the style called the bob. Mm-hmm. Um, they, cause like think about, just think about like Victorian beauty, right? So they had the corsets and like the hip pads and the, all the shapewear and they were like padded and snatched and cinched, right? And so the flapper was like, I'm gonna wear a very boxy outfit. The opposite. M- Michelle Visage would not be happy. No. She'd be like, sis, where's the transformation? <laughs> um, and not only that, but they could vote. <gasps> yeah. We didn't talk about, so the women's suffrage movement oh, wait, oh, had yeah. already happened. In 19, they, women got the vote in the 1920. I thought it was called the suffrage movement. <laughs> yeah, I never liked that term either. <laughs> Who came up? Why is that the word for being able to vote? Yeah. 
They're like, we're all gonna suffer now. I mean, <laughs> you wait in line to vote. It sucks. Well, this is actually <laughs> why, um, you know, that that whatever his Wheeler, he had to like take over the prohibition movement. Because the women were like, we're trying to vote. Like, just... The women were too busy voting. Yeah, they were like, okay, like, the hatchet lady was like, meh. She's like, I'd rather vote than, like, you know, hatchet anymore. Oh, I thought she was like, I don't believe in the democratic process. Oh, probably. I don't know. Hatcheting everything. Yeah, she probably, like, hatcheted more. But, uh, probably also a big inspiration for the, yeah, the flapper styles is the feeling of liberation with both, like... Having oh yeah, the shorter yeah, and yeah, and being able to vote. Yeah, so like the shorter dresses. I okay. Here's my theory: is that like, um, they were like, we want to make our own clothes, and we don't have that much time. So like, they're like, we just like are gonna wear a bag. It's quick drag. It's very <laughs> quick drag, and they wore yeah. They're like, we'll wear like a long necklace to elongate to elongate. The original fast fashion. Yeah, they're like H and M. Very. So. I, and I'm throwing, yeah. Yeah, sh- it, well, no, and it's very shapeless, like, dress. A ship, a ship dress, yeah. Ship dress, and, like, compared to, like, the Victorians with the cinched waist and, like, petticoats and everything. Yeah, and they actually would, like, wear bralettes, bralettes, yeah, to, like, yes. to, like, smush their titties mm-hmm. down. Um, yeah. So that was, I don't know, I, I don't, li- I'm just, like, ugh, I don't like it. I don't, I don't like it. I don't like the way it looks. It's not aesthetically pleasing to me. Um, yeah, I don't like it. I like the fringe a little bit. I like the art deco kind of thing, but I'm just like. Got your feathered headdress here. Yeah, I'm trying to be glamorous. Your pearls. Well, this is a little bit, I'm kind of more 30s Hollywood glamour. Oh. I'm cheating right now. I'm cheating because I'm kind of more movie star, like Hollywood glamour, like Zigfield. Oh, but I thought the 30s was just Great Depression. The style of like makeup and everything, though, and like, um, and fashion was, yes, it was a bit cuter because, as you know, people love to escape to the cinema, so Hollywood was like Hollywood popping was, like, went, off, went super glamour, yeah. Okay. Um, and and, and the, I really liked the dresses and like the, the yeah, there was just like a, a waist. I was like, can, can we have a waist? Can we have a waist? Can we have a waist, Honey? please? Um, I just kind of liked that better. Okay, so you want to do our quiz real quick on the slang? Oh, can I talk about the makeup a little bit? Just yes. A little bit. Okay. So a lot of makeup actually came from like Egypt, right? Like, uh, well, I'm yes. Oh, Egypt because Egyptania because the French had just discovered King Tut's tomb. Yeah. As we talked about last week. So there, I'm not even like doing it just. There was a very dark like eye shadow and. Um, it's literally like the opposite because now every there's like the fox eye where like you, well, okay. So now you shave your eyebrows off and you draw them up to like give your whole face like a lift back now in the 1920s where we've time traveled to. You'd also shave your eyebrows out and you draw your eyebrows lower and like slope down, like literally slope down. So you had a very woeful Look like everybody's look was like, mm-hmm. and a huge forehead, huge forehead. Well, you you have bangs, you know. Oh, oh, they all have bangs. Yeah, okay. huge forehead, and you have very like pouty. You'd have very like just like boop, like the cupid's bow lip. You'd accentuate your cupid's bow, which now because everyone has lip filler, you color in 
you connect the two cupids most, you don't even have one because that's like the look of lip filler. So it's like literally everything that we do today, it's like the opposite. Mm -hmm. Um, The eye was like very round. There was mascara for the first time, which was, it was like a brush with coal. You'd get like a brick of coal. (laughs) You'd be like, okay. Yeah. The smoky eye. Um, I, yeah, so we're going to talk about the slang. I, I told you that mm-hmm. cocktail was invented. Also, oh, um, speakeasies were called paper tigers or um, blind foxes. And there's, or not paper tigers, blind tigers or blind foxes, which is, there's so many bars that are called named that. Yeah. There's a, one over on like 3rd Avenue, I think, is a blind fox. Yeah. And then also seeing a man about a horse. Would be like you'd be like, I'm gonna go get a or drink. Or about a dog. Yeah. Seeing a man about a dog is to go get a drink of whiskey. Oh. Do you want? Do you, do you want me? I'll give you some more slang terms. And, right? and bootleggers, because you'd hide alcohol in your boot, and then no one would check there. Yes, in your boot or leg. <laughs> in your bootleg. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, it, it's a dumb word when you really break it down. But sure. Yeah. Bootleg. They had a lot of dumb words back then. Um, okay, you want to give me the quiz of the slangs? Yeah, yeah. All right, so what What are gams? Legs. Yes. What is to know one's onions? Ooh, I don't know. You, you want to take a guess? To know one's onions. Um, to know what your tits look like. Uh, it's to know your business or what you're talking about. Okay. Like, on this podcast, we really know our onions. We, uh, mm, mm. What's a What's a mall? A mall? Yeah. M- like M-A... M- like a doll, but with an M. Oh, ecstasy, obviously. No, but good. <laughs> Poppin' M- mall? I don't think it had been invented at that point. <laughs> but, uh, no, a mall would be, yeah, guys in malls. It's a gangster's girl. Oh, so you cool. Don't, try, don't hit on a mall. That's trouble. Don't hit a mall. Not a doll. She's a mall. She's a mall. Oh, she's a mall. She's a mob doll. A mall. Oh my god. She's like um she's like uh what's her name? The the soprano. Oh yeah, yeah, like Carmella. Oh Meadow. Yeah. Well Meadow never wanted to date gangsters because she yeah. She was like, Dad, stop shooting my boyfriends. I like this one. It's now you're on the trolley. Uh was that um uh, now you're on the trolley. Hmm. Hmm. Um. I was just from the way I said it. You can. Oh, you're when you're like hunting down crime. No, it's like you got it. Yeah, and you're, you're on, on a trolley? you're on like. Yeah. You're you on got, like the trail. You got or something. the right scent. Stay on the trolley. No, with me. What's a what's a Mrs. Grundy? Mrs. Grundy. Oh, it's someone who has a uh, fupa. Uh, it's just like an uptight old lady. Okay, like someone a, who has a Mrs. Oh, Grundy. I got it. Would, oh yes. no, would be like that that uh, that lady, Carrie Nation. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, Carrie Nation was a real a real Mrs. She was Grundy. Because isn't your a Grundle like a male fupa? I think so. <laughs> That's where I got that from. What's a Sheba? A Sheba? Um, weed. A joint. No, that's someone's girlfriend. Another? There's so many things. What's where... a Sheik? A Sheik? 
um, 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 that band, that disco. No, it's a boyfriend. Oh. She was a girlfriend. Is she? Oh, what is she? Oh, is that like the original pronouns? You were saying there. There are a lot of these valid boyfriends and girlfriends. What is but me? But me. <laughs> but me. Well, uh, but me, buddy. Cut. Cut. Why don't you come <laughs> around here and butt me in the butt sometime? Uh, it means give me a cigarette. Oh, okay, that makes sense. Because you know. Oh, because you would light it with your butt, right? Because you light. Maybe it was just like, give me a, it's like, give me a fag. Give me a butt. Fags are named for cigarettes in the UK. I'm not using a slur, to be clear. Um, <laughs> I, a lot of these are still around. Like, sugar daddy is still around. Oh, it means um, the literal thing? Yeah. Does Oh, because, you know, candy had a really big, you know, the candy had a really big, like, because people at first tried to cure their alcoholism by eating by candy. candy. Like men, they were like like Don Draper with a lollipop. He was like, "Hey, All right. I know." Do wrong. you know where Tin Pan Alley was? It was somewhere. It was in New York City, between Forty Eighth and Fifty Second Street. So kind of Hell's Kitchen. Oh, why was it called Tin Pan Alley? Um, because I guess a lot of the bands they. We're playing at the time. They sounded like shit. <laughs> like a tin <laughs> band. Um, but yeah, that's where all the like, where probably like Ma Rainey like recorded. Oh, like, it's she sounded Panale, great. Okay. And she sounded great. But that's oh, yeah, they, they don't were, have a lot of recordings of her recordings. because her company, like they had her sign a thing and they like took off. They like, you know, one of those shitty things. That's why we, we don't have that many recordings. Damn. Of her. Oh, I also have. I have some slang. I'll give you. I'll give you one more. Okay. okay. What is zazzled? Gag. Gagatrandra. It is uh, drunk. Oh, okay. Sure. Okay. And then you know all the other ones. You know, like. Wait. Okay. I have more. You know, like the bee's knees, applesauce, horse alcohol. Fat. Okay. Applesauce is just like darn. Oh! Ooh! Ooh! What is daylight? This is a good one. I want to start using this one. Daylight is a slang term. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Is yeah. it a verb or a noun? So like, to daylight? Um, She's really daylight. How, like, to fill him with daylight. Uh, happiness and joy? It's to shoot someone. How gangster uh, is that? Yo, I'm gonna take Tommy, Tommy Two Shoes, and I'm gonna fill him with daylight. If you know what I mean. Oh, nice. That's great. I think that's what you have to say after every. Like you have the, to go if you know what I mean. The holy bartender joke in Dogma. Yes. Um, what is? I don't even know what. <laughs> Oh, what's a flatty? A flatty. I mean, I'm guessing it's not a flat tire. Is no. it a flat foot like a police detective? Yes, very good. Yes. Ding, ding, ding. Very good. Very good. A flat foot. A copper, you see. What's a gooseberry lay? <laughs> a gooseberry lay. Oh. Yeah. It's a type of crime. It's a type of small crime. And is it a mugging? No, it's like even smaller than that. Well, it's kind of mugging. You're taking something from someone, but they've already left it outside. 
I'm stealing someone's washing? Yeah, their clothes. Really? Yeah, from that a clothesline. Oh, back in the days where people had clotheslines out that you could get to. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Okay, this makes me so nostalgic. Like, my grandma. Are you remembering the washing hanging, like, across the street and stuff? My grandma had a clothesline, and that's how she, she, like, saved her money because she didn't, like, she saved her money because she, like, washed her own clothes, and she also, like, didn't dry it. She put them on the clothesline to dry. So sweet. Did it? Did anybody ever gooseberry lay? No, because she hung it out of her second, her second story. Yeah. Yeah. There's all the the like old timey photos of New York City, like down the Lower East Side or you know Chinatown or wherever, Little Italy, where it's just clotheslines going across the street, and like you and your neighbor across the street would be like, "Yeah, we got a pulley system here. We just like put our clothes out hanging out in the middle of the street." Um. Let me see. What is oyster fruit? I'm wearing some right now. That's a pearl. Yeah. That's almost like the cockney like rhyming slang kind of. Like it's a little bit. It's not rhyming, but it's it's the same kind of um Check out the gams on that dame. She's got some real oyster fruit. Oyster fruit. <laughs> she might be a mall. I'm trying to look for we have so many of these things. Yeah, right? A lot of the slang isn't, like, you know it. You're like, oh, we use that word still. Like, we still use, like... We still use so many of these. So many of these things. Yeah. Uh, uh, two bits? Or, like... What's yar a yard? Yard? Yeah. And, like, use it in a sentence. Uh, I got, I got a ton of yards in my wallet. Uh, money? Bills? Uh, specifically. Frank Sinatra used to put yards in his Is little yard tiny... Is a hundred? Yeah. It's a hundred dollar bill. Because it gets like a hundred yards. I don't know. Um, yeah, I don't know either. <laughs> what's a... Okay, last one. What's a, a yeg? Oh, man. I know... I actually know this too. It's a diss. It's a diss. It's a diss. You yegging? No, it, no, no. I mean, it is a, it's an insult. It's an insulting. Oh, to yeg someone. No, no, no. To no, I'm giving a you yag. a hint. I'm giving to you a call hint. call someone a yeg. It would be insulting to them if they were a criminal. Um. Or if they were a detective, I guess. I don't know. Oh, I don't, this would be like bad at shooting. It's a safe cracker who can only crack cheap ass and easy safes. That's a really specific it's word. It's very specific, right? For. Yeah. <laughs> Surprise. And it's it's funny because it's like you can crack a safe. You're just a yeg. I guess there was a ton of safe cracking happening. You know, there's all these yeah, these yegs. You're like, yeah, I guess it's a term specific to the safe cracking industry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so I guess the bad ones. Two things. Uh, right. So we should be like the Great Gatsby, Wyatt, right? To, what? The parties and whatnot. Why it's misunderstood. Oh, why is The Great Gatsby misunderstood? Because The Great Gatsby is not a glamorous character. And everybody thinks... Wait, The Great Gatsby isn't a character? Well, Jay Gatsby. Okay, yeah. I'm saying. Known as The Great Gatsby. Sure, sure, sure. But Jay Gatsby, the person in the novel, is not... I think is everybody it? just reads this description of the first party 
because it happens in the first 10 to 15 pages and they just remember that. Cool. And it is this magnificent party, but a key point in the novel is that Gatsby is not at the party. Right. Uh, Gatsby has all these people over his an ostentatious display of wealth, but he himself is a very sad man. And his money clearly comes from like crime. Uh, and he himself isn't even, he's like very depressed and is not even enjoying like all the money he's making from the crimes he's committing because he's forlorn about this girl who's kind of a ditz, uh, yeah. it turns out. And so like, no one can have anything nice in the end, I suppose, because even the things that the wealthy people want, like going into space, are bullshit. So, uh... I love... Okay, here's what I love. Here's the parallels, that's though. that's a lot of the takeaway from This is it. what I think is funny, that there's people that really care about the party, their parties on, on East Egg or West Egg or whatever, and they're like, this is a fucking party! We love to party! And their party's, like, so bad, and no and one wants to go, bad. and it sucks. And yeah. then we have... The, which is like super familiar because it's usually people that are like the party. I do love you. Yeah, you made a point that a key thing Fitzgerald captures is that like the best way to throw a great party is to be cool about it. Is to be, not care about it. <laughs> and it, and it says in the the novel, it's the people who ended up at the parties just knew. Yeah, they just knew. No one was invited. Everybody you just knew to come. Knew to go. Yeah. To come. And they they had French champagne, which would have been just like unheard of expensive to, to get that into like your own, you know, place or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, also Gatsbying is now what I call, like if you have an Instagram, right. And you're like trying to be thoughty to like get some, somebody to like be interested in you, but then they, they like your post, but then you're too shy to like DM them. That's Gatsbying basically. Yeah, you're hoping they'll DM you and be like, how do I go to like one of these cool yeah. beach days with you? Or and these cool parties you're throwing. Jay Gatsby's like, he's fixated on the green light, which is basically like his, you know, his message indicator. <laughs> oh yeah. Right? That and translates very well. Yeah. Like years later. It's his, like, his message, his incoming message is notification. Yeah, and he's like, he's like, she hasn't read any of my messages. He's like, is it Daisy? Is it Daisy? Is it Daisy? And it's like. I know. It's like. Um, yeah, Jake asked me would buy. A, it's like, here's your CVS receipt. And he's uh, like, God. He'd get a bunch of Instagrammable plants and, like, a cute dog. Yeah, and he's just like. For her to, to get her to Look DM at this. Him. And she's like, oh, cute. Ha ha. Yeah. <laughs> he just publicly comments and he's like, no. No, damn, slide into my DM. And he has to re-comment on to get her a public Finsta. message and be like, thanks for commenting. Do you like the prayer? <laughs> <laughs> he just sends a bunch of emojis. Yeah. Yeah, with the eyes. It's the eyes, the mascot eyes. That's it. The mascot eyes, yeah. Yeah. And then he becomes a photographer and he's like, we should shoot sometime. She's like, I'm busy. I have a kid. I'm really busy. My husband's beating me. Uh, yeah. He already told me once. We live in the, what is it, the Valley of Ashes? <laughs> yeah. Like, which yeah. I think is New Jersey. <laughs> Was that like the, wherever is, they like yep. pass through. Yeah. Yeah. Bad times. <laughs> Yeah, so it's sad. Yeah. Jay Gatsby's like the original Byronic hero because what, like, doesn't every I think girl? Lord Byron. Oh yeah, the original he, Byronic hero. True. Jay Gatsby is but I mean, a quintessential a quint Byronic. Yeah, which sure. people look at him like a playboy, but he's really a Byronic hero, and I think that's the point that I'm trying to make is that he's really people look at him as like he's like hey, but he's but 
he's really like mm, he's uh. been a, he's been around the world and had the finest of things and it just made him sad yeah because he just wants he just wants a uh, daisy how did he mess up with her originally because he was like dating her but then he like messed up yeah i don't know because he was like a soft boy and she just likes dumb jocks so like what are you gonna do oh true he didn't play hard to get enough he was like okay i don't even know about hard to get he was like i'm wealthy but do you want to like look at my my books or something and she was like yeah this guy can like like he like i don't know what whatever like he can kick a field goal from 100 yards or something whatever like Tom yeah did. this guy can like fix a car it's awesome a car. yeah he's a mechanic he popped a car and, and he fixed the, the car. Yeah. And uh, he crashed the car. <laughs> he crashed the car. Yeah. But yeah, that's uh they yeah, they really just weren't meant for each other. You know, Gaspy needed to, to find a woman who could appreciate his criminal genius. And yeah. that wasn't gonna happen. He needed a Bonnie for his clock. Yeah. Maybe Daisy was part of the temperance movement. Probably. And she wanted him to go to church and he was making all his money throwing these ostentatious parties. So. But she was like, I'll go. I'll go, whatever, I don't She's care. like, I just got a new feather thing. Mm-hmm. I just got a new shapeless, ugly ass dress that I need to show my knees off with. Nice. Apparently they wouldn't show their knees off, just their ankles. So the knees, no, too naughty. Too naughty. I think not. Oh, what is it called to ankle it? What does it mean to ankle? To ankle? Yeah. Just, I don't know. Show, show get, your ankles. Let's get out of here. Let's, let's ankle it. Let's ankle it. Like we're about to do. Woo! Bank. Yeah. We pretty much covered everything. Oh, the stock, stock, bleh, the stock market crashes conveniently, conveniently in 1929 to end out yeah. the decade. So why the 20s stopped roaring and why it ended? Um, well, Prohibition became not anymore. <laughs> When prohibition became illegal. When did it get repealed? Is that what you call it? it beca- prohibition <laughs> became illegal. Um, when did they pass the amendment repealing prohibition? Uh, probably near then. Because often it is, uh, yeah, October, late October 1929, this 22. And oh, I think in the 30s, actually, like 33 or something. Or yeah. Maybe, so I, th- I, I like think it took years. a little longer, yeah. but everybody had kind of stopped enforcing it by the late 20s. Like, everybody was just like this. Yeah. And there was it's a dumb. cool lady named Pauline, Pauline Sabin, who really organized women to fight prohibition. Like, she did a real bang up job of it. She was awesome. Women were fighting prohibition. Yeah, which is funny because originally they, they were, caused it. Yeah, they were like, we don't like getting beaten and stuff like that. Um, but really, they just wanted to like hang out with their men's a little bit more. And now they were like, now our husbands are dead because the government now, killed or them. Or they're like, our husbands are fucking around all the time and it also sucks. Or they're so. like, our husbands are gangsters. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and they were like, we love organizing. Oh, my God. Container store. Yes. We organized to vote. We organized for the prohibition. Now we're going to organize to end it. They loved organizing. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll talk about. So the Wall Street crash of 1929 is is mostly funny because it's like financial shenanigans. So it like anybody who's been investing in stock market for the past year. Uh, like meme stocks are like a thing now. Did you follow like no GameStop was like, you know, GameStop. All my money's in under my mattress. Okay, that's great. Okay, GameStop 
I'm, I'm going to explain a recent example and then we'll apply it to the 1920s. So GameStop is a recent like mall retailer buys and sells used video games. Okay, I know what GameStop Not a very is. cool company. Uh, a bunch of short sellers bet against them. They're like, their stock's probably going to go down in the future. Right. Reddit, Wall Street Bets, r slash Wall Street Bets found out about this. Reddit loves buying and selling used games. And they basically, through the Robinhood trading app, you can buy options now. And options work such that you can effectively, by buying an option, drive the price of the stock higher in a very leveraged way. So uh, this happened in January, February of this year. Uh, Wall Street Bets basically coordinated hundreds of thousands of Redditors and drove GameStop, GameStop stock uh, up like 40x, like through the fucking roof. And the short sellers were a bunch of investment banks, like major hedge funds uh, in New York City. And a couple of them actually went bankrupt because of this. So this was like the common man beat out Wall Street. Oh, wow. It was an insane thing that happened in finance this year. So I'm going to take this all back to this actually very much mirrors uh, what happened in the late 1920s is a bunch of uh, people were doing very well, right? Women in the workforce, uh, bootleggers making money, mm -hmm. lots of people have cash now, and they're looking for places to invest it, and there's just becomes a bubble in the stock market. People start speculating on stocks, and as stock prices go up, more people start speculating on stocks, and they go up more, so it became like this giant bubble in the stock market. So mm -hmm. the average of all the stocks like tripled over like two years. And so a bunch of like analysts and like major bankers were like, this is unsustainable. These companies aren't worth what people are like putting into their stocks. But then like, I feel like the presidents like, and stuff like that were like, it's sustainable. It will last forever. Don't worry. America's great. So there were, yeah, there were at the time, actually, there were a lot of like competing views on this. So uh, I forget the name of this major like investment banker in like April of 1929. Oh, it was a Federal Reserve in, in in April of 1929 was like, there's too much speculative activity. It's going to be a major crash. And then like the stocks dropped like five to 10%. And then they just continued going back up again. And people were borrowing a lot too. There was, we talked about, there was a lot of easy like capital. So people were actually like, they would borrow as much money as they could borrow and then put it into stocks. Ooh, at the time. that's Businesses scary. would do that. Right? Yeah, that's a crazy, not smart thing to do. Um, yeah, because they were, it's kind of like Bitcoin, isn't it? Uh, so people would like take out, take their life savings and go to a bank and be like, here's collateral. Let me get a loan worth three times this. And Ooh. it would happen. And the leverage was like, was crazy. And there weren't very many regulations about this at the time. Oh, no. And so, and then like, when you put all your money in the stock, it keeps going up. But then like, anyway, so, uh, around basically... September of 1929, and famously it is September 4th? Yes, September 4th, 1929, known as Black Tuesday. Um, I thought it was all October, because I thought it happened right on Halloween. So it actually, the whole crash in 1929 took two months. <gasps> and it goes from September 4th through November. And so it, wow. the stocks like trend down throughout that. And then what's, what really led to the Great Depression is we'll say the stocks at their peak at like end of August, we're at 400 was like the Dow Jones industrial average. They dropped to about 250 by like the end of October. 
200. So they've cut in half. Everybody's pretty fucked. But the problem then is that like for the next three years, they kept dropping. So by 1932, the average is down to like 40. It's dropped oh, like no. it's one tenth of what it was. So if your savings were in the stock market, you're so fucked. Also, like farmers, they 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 were being like subsidized and whatnot, and then like they weren't anymore. Um, also, people like were poor, so they couldn't buy stuff. So then, like industry suffered. So is they yeah. A lot of economists have have like I mean, it's been analyzed to death because it's kind of a a key like moment in modern like finance and how the whole system is set up. Uh, so the economist Irving Fisher who famously totally fucked up the Great Depression because he had, like, a newspaper column in, like, August of 1929. He was like, stocks have reached a permanently high plateau. It's great from here on out. And he was wrong. But after the crash and everything, Irving Fisher basically pointed out, he was like, it was a panic. And the real real thing that happened is a lot of people, like, as stocks start dropping, everybody sells, which drives the price down further, and everybody continues selling. There's no buyer. And so... A lot of like during September, October, JP Morgan, a lot of famous bankers and financiers went and they would very publicly, they would go to Wall Street with all their bros and publicly like put like a million dollars in oh, stocks yeah. Yeah. like and make a scene because a very similar crash happened in 1909. And what stopped it was JP Morgan organizing a bunch of like wealthy dudes to go put money into stocks. And they're like, we'll Let's do go it. have sex with these stocks. <laughs> and they're like, we'll do it again. We're going to have an orgy with these stocks in public. And everybody's going to see us. They'll get horny. And the market will like turn around. So they did exactly that. But it wasn't enough. And a lot of the fundamentals of like businesses, they had like, they call it like the economy had like overproduced. It had like, you know, overheated. Oh, also people had to pay taxes again because the prohibition was over. <laughs> It wasn't over yet until, like, 33, though. Oh, true. Okay. Um, well, never mind. But, uh, yeah, so it was it was that coupled with... There was, like, a whole... A lot of contagion between industries, they thought. So there was a whole thing with, like, the wheat harvest. Like... Oh, yeah, there was, like, the potato... America... The wheat, the wheat No, bug. America had, like, a really great, like, wheat year. And, like, insane amounts of wheat. And they're like, oh, no. Wheat prices are going to be, like... Nothing. Weed? Wheat or weed? Weed. Weed? Wheat. Winter wheat. Wheat? White wheat? Wheat? (laughs) And uh, so the prices all like were looking real bad. Things were looking bad for the wheat industry. And then uh, Australia and Europe all had like shitty wheat harvests. And so the price went back up again and everybody piled back into like the wheat investing. And then it turned out to just be like an average year overall. And so like everybody lost their money. but all these things piled onto each other, and then there were all these bank runs. And so, at the time, the Federal Reserve existed, but there wasn't deposit insurance. So, if we've all seen the scene from It's a Wonderful Life, uh, people basically were like, oh, shit, my Mary, bank. Mary Poppins! Mary, Mary Poppins. Poppins. Remember, like, yeah. the dad, like he goes to... Exactly. Takes out all the money. Yeah, so everybody's like, oh no, like, that was a sad my bank is heavily invested in wheat or whatever else, or like all these stocks or whatever. I know that my bank has loaned a shitload of money to people who like then put all the money into stocks and they can't pay it back. Um, so everybody went to banks and like demanded their money back, and banks would just run out of money. 
So it was like hundreds of banks just went bankrupt. Also, you couldn't pay it back. Uh, the they deposits. just went rupt. They went rupt. And then when, you know, the bank goes bankrupt, all the depositors are screwed. And so, like, they can't pay their landlords or anybody else. And you, yeah, you get that, 1929. And then at the time, they also, like, hadn't really figured out the idea that the government could just go into debt to spend money to kickstart the economy. Until, uh, who's their boy who discovered that's that? That's Keynes. Hamilton. Oh, that's no, Keynes. Hamilton had already that's... happened. They didn't listen to Hamilton, I guess. Hamilton did support a strong, uh, like, central, like, federal... He loved debt. Treasury. Like, Hamilton created debt. the Treasury Department. The Federal Reserve was created in, in response to the crash of 1909. Because they were like, we need somebody to effectively, like, try to, like control the economy in general but it didn't do such a good job well so they were created in 1909 but they were kind of like very limited in the power that they had and then post 1929 one of the reforms the federal reserve can effectively print money by issuing bonds to the treasury it's a whole system but the idea is they can basically put as much money into the economy as they need and that's why coronavirus what wasn't that bad for the economy everything got super fucked up in early like 2020 right you would expect a massive like economic crash but there wasn't right for the most part no most people were richer than ever some industries Woo! were disrupted but a lot of people got unemployment like money there are all these grants that came out a lot of people bought stuff on a Amazon. lot of industries got supported and stocks if you were following the stock market like last march they fell about 30 percent hit bottom and then like today they're now like you know 50 percent higher than they were two years ago uh and that's all because of like basically the federal reserve stepping in and doing a lot of like very basically like making money very cheap and loaning it out to various industries and supporting mortgages and a bunch of other stuff economists argue about this this has been the boring section of the podcast so like the 1920s and it's like sad and everyone cries (laughs) But people cinch their waist again because they're God-respecting, you know, women. Yeah. We probably won't do a Great Depression episode of the podcast, no. but... You can watch the Wizard of Oz one if you if you want something from that era. Well, and it was a... Yeah. I mean, it was a, a very difficult time. If you thought the coronavirus, like, post-recession or, like, 2008 was bad... It was, dare I say, in, depressing. It is incomparable it was to quite the, depressing. Uh, the amount of misery. Quite um, sad. Of like the 1930s, but but Hollywood made its space like. <laughs> if you could afford to see movies, a lot of people lot of would. Ones. They would like you know they find in like times of economic depression that people love like porn and movies and like escapes. So also in good times. No, actually, like in I mean not as much. Okay. Like in during Corona, the, during oh, my mom was like so depressing. Um, during the coronavirus, a lot of people invested in, like, themselves and, like, their beauty and skincare regimens. So, like, the skincare injury, it, industry took, like, a little tiny little dip, and that now it's, like, crazier than ever. So It's a home improvement. It drove yeah. lumber prices through the roof. Timber! <laughs> but, yeah, so... No. Um, history repeats itself again, maybe in 2000... 29 will have a great depression as well 
But until then, we're just gonna keep partying like it's all right. We got like it's nineteen nineteen. Eight years to live it up, so it's good to know. Yeah. <laughs> partying like it's like, yeah, like like nineteen twenty two. I think is when the the, the Roaring Twenties kicked off. Oh, I was. And they had a great seven years. It was yeah, hot. Not that much. Yeah, that's shorter than Bloghouse. <laughs> Bloghouse never dies. <laughs> Um, so yeah, if you want to keep partying like it's 1919, what should you do? It is true. If you want to kick off the Roaring 2020s, you should join Secret Loft for a bunch of upcoming events. So that includes the weekly Wednesday 8 p.m. podcast question block, which you're currently watching or listening to. Uh, and that includes a bunch of Secret Loft comedy shows, which are every Friday uh, around 8 p.m. Check local listings or secretloftnyc.com for the calendar. Uh, Sometimes there's two shows in one night. Sometimes it's just one show. Uh, It really varies depending on bookings. So check, make sure if doors are at eight or 7.30, depending. Um, And then uh, come to some of our upcoming parties. Oh my gosh, we have so many. It's like wild. So what do we have? August, Friday, August 6th, um, after the comedy show. We have like Vaporwave off- awesomeness with, with Vonov. Vaporwave party with Vonov, with Cruz. And, le- and, and um, Dischetto. Dischetto. Dischetto! Uh, yes, a fellow Italian. Brooklyn, Italian Brooklyn DJ. Um, and then the next night after that, the night of August 7th is the Disco Ball. Which, uh, that week, I know that we're going to be talking about the disco history. Yes. So Secret Lost Studio 54 updated, inspired party. And uh, I think late August 2, August 21st. We got a party, and then we also might have something going on. We're going to have something next Friday. Yeah. I'll have to let you know <gasps> about that. Yeah. And, like, give us a review. That's really high. That's like five stars or above. Um, and we'll shout you out. Oh, yeah. And shout out. A, yeah. Shout out Anna Chelsea, who did buy a ticket to the disco ball. And also it's has given us event. many five star reviews via her and her friends. She hasn't she hasn't stacked. She's a bundler. Yeah. She's a she's a bundler. Yeah. She's a pioneer level. She is. <laughs> she is. Um. All right. Well, I guess that wraps up the 20s. She's a, yeah. And we cover the highs and the lows. All right. Well, let's end with some electro swing. Put you out. Why don't you do right? Like some other men do. Get out of here.